Um, my first question for you is, um, for people who may not know you, uh, what's your background? You know, where are you from? Um, well, so I grew up in the Capitol Heights, Sea Pleasant area. Um, of course, like you said, went to McNamara. Then out of McNamara, I went to Marist College, which is in Poughkeepsie, New York. And um, I had a very successful freshman year. I led my team in scoring, um, won rookie of the year. Like it was, it was a really successful freshman season. Um, got to play against some really good players, and then, like any small college, you have the risk of your coach leaving. So um, my coach leaves, and you know me being a uh, a not, I, I would say naive to to not really grasp what I had did because I just worked really hard. Mm-hmm. So. I was more so like, well, I can kind of do this maybe somewhere else right. and not understanding the the value and what I had already created at that school. So I would have had to really be a complete a-hole for the next coach not to really rock with me. Right. So, but anyway, no way. I ended up transferring to VCU um, to play for Anthony Grant, who's now, he's currently the coach at the University of Dayton and um, was really excited about that. Uh, I had two pros that were on my team, Eric Maynard, who got drafted, and then Larry Sanders, who was the same year as me, who ended up getting drafted. Um, and it just was a whole different culture of basketball, like the expectation. It, it just was different. Mm. Um, I learned a great wealth of knowledge while being while my, my time there. Um, so my sit-out year, I tried to get a waiver to play right away. My parents had some had some health issues, mm. um, but unfortunately, NCAA denied me. So it was it, I I call it ironic, you know, with some of the waivers that they give and some that they don't, because that following year or that following summer, my mom passed away. Mm. So at 19, my mom passes away, and she didn't get to see me play when I was two hours away from home. Mm. So. But, you know, that's all water under the bridge. So then that following year, I get to play for Shaka Smart and, again, learn the wealth of knowledge. But it just wasn't a good marriage, you know, for whatever reason. Again, I complete respect for him and the coach he is. But, you know, for me, it just wasn't with everything I was going through, losing my mom, you know, it just it just wasn't a good it wasn't a good fit. So I decided to come home, finish at Bowie State and at Bowie, I just really couldn't stay healthy. I broke my foot twice. I played with it broke for a whole season. Wow. And that was one of the silliest decisions ever because it just caused some it caused some misalignments and things that, you know, still to this day, you know, you kind of deal with. Yeah. So from there, um, you take the journey to of trying to become a professional basketball player. And I mean, it's a grind. Yeah. It's 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 a grind. So, yeah. you know, it took me a year and a half probably before I could even get anything. And I ended up having a friend of mine who was a higher level player. Mm-hmm. He was playing in Spain in ACB. Okay. And he basically allowed me to come and stay with him. Right. And it made the transition easier for me to get an opportunity to play overseas. So I got an opportunity to play in Germany. Um, it was different, yeah. but it was a really valuable experience, you know, just to be able to check off that that accomplishment of, man, I, I got paid to play basketball. Right. You know what I mean? And be able to provide that experience and that, that knowledge now when I'm able to give back to, you know, the community, the youth. 
yeah. and to other players. So um, that experience went well, but again, like my body just was telling me that it was time. Yeah. So it just it just didn't hold up. So I'm 20, maybe 23. It's crazy. I just had a Facebook memory pop up today <laughs> right. of a picture from six years ago. So I was 23, 24, and you know trying to figure out what's next. So I I, I was working. Um, I started working for a company, World Capital One. I was doing corporate security, mm-hmm. and I was training on the side. Coach Keithlin actually got me to come back to McNamara and coach yeah. and allow me to access um, to get in the gym and train. And really one kid turned into three, three turned into five, five turned into seven, and so on and so forth. Mm-hmm. But even before I started my own thing, I had been training for another company out in Bethesda, and um, the company ended up going under. But... It was just a really good experience because I was able to see like I'm good at this. Right. You know what I mean? I, like right. I got really good feedback. People requested to work out with me. They liked how I interacted with their kids, how I pushed their kids, whether it be young kids or high school kids. Like they yeah. enjoyed their experiences with me, and I'm like, oh, I could really do this. Yeah. So what ended up making it easier for me was I worked a job at Capital One for a year, and the company decided to move that part of the department mm-hmm. to Richmond. Okay. So it was, do I, A, move to Richmond, right. stay with the company, you know, have a different job hours, you know, basically have to start over when yeah. it comes to training and finding a gym and, yeah, you know, it's, that. it's hard. That's, that's, that's a hard part. Right. And I was lucky enough to where they said you can move or you can get a severance. Mm-hmm. So the severance allowed me to really focus on the business. So now I don't have the stress of, excuse me, I don't have the stress of worrying, you know, the bills are taken care of. Right. Like I'm able to really just focus on doing the work of training and and allowing the work that I'm doing facilitate a parent telling somebody else and a par- that parent telling somebody else. And then right. next thing you know, between coaching I got uh, I don't even really know how this situation occurred but I got invited not invited I guess you could say invited to see some sixth graders um, practice in Baltimore okay. and I ended up coaching them and it was it was a great experience my first time ever being a head coach um, but I had a special group of kids like they're all freshmen and sophomores in high school right now they're all still playing high level I got one kid that's well a couple kids that's high level football but one of them that only plays football and um, people seeing me with them yeah. also then brought traffic right? because they're like, oh, I want to see, you know, yeah. what's going on. And that was just through me coaching them. So then I got a lot of young kids to come and start training. And, you know, the parents really liked just how I pushed them. So it was, it was a dope opportunity of how everything just kind of came together right. when, you, when I aligned myself with what, I, what God had for me. You know what I mean? Like, I, I tell people all the time, like, I feel like I'm really blessed to wake up every day and do what I feel like, you know, the, the big fella upstairs put me here to do. Right. Like, if he wanted me to still be playing basketball, my body would have held up. Right. You know what I mean? But I think that I'm able to impact and touch so many more people through training that I never even would have thought of. You know, like, you can never really measure your ripple effect, but... I would like to think that I'm doing my part. Yeah. No, for sure. Like, just hearing your your whole story, 
I mean, it goes to your brand, like trust your grind. Like, so you, you're repping it right now. Absolutely, um, always. So, like, what what does that mean? You know, people who don't know, like, what is what is trust your grind? So, the way it came about. So I was coaching. I was coaching for Maryland Finance. The kids I just was talking about, right? So we're in. We're in seventh grade. We're playing in a tournament in Baltimore, and um, we lose. We're playing in a super pool. So. Mind you, in sixth grade, we won the national championship. We're, you know, considered one of the best, if not the best, sixth grade team in the country, whatever. And again, it's still little kid basketball. Yeah. But, you know, my biggest thing was always to them, I want y'all to be prepared to play high school basketball. Right. So the way that they were coached previously before me gave them a great foundation to where when I finally got them, I was able to teach them stuff I didn't learn until college. Gotcha. So there was now an expectation level of greatness. Right. So when we lost, which we didn't do often, mm -hmm. it was like a, it was, it was usually us, you know, it was something that we didn't do. So um, we lose a game and it's still pool play. So, you know, everybody's going to make it to bracket play, all this stuff. And it's like, but it's, it's a game we shouldn't have lost. Right. So, but we had another game an hour after that. Okay. So I take the kids in the back and I'm talking to all of them and I'm going down the line of what the expectation is for each each and every single one of them. For now, for what you know, what's expected later. And I get to a kid, he was one of my guards, name's Antonio Hamlin. He's a sophomore at Mount St. Joe's now. And I remember like it was yesterday, I knew that he was a hard worker. Right. Like I knew that he put time in shooting and working on his jump shot because he could really get to the basket. I mean, he could really get to the basket. But I knew that he was working on his game. Mm -hmm. So I'm just flowing, just talking, right. like just speaking from my heart because right. I really, still to this day, I really love these kids. Like I, I love these kids. So I tell him, I said, yo, you're not trusting your work. You're not trusting your crime. So I said, you know, after you say something, you're like, yeah. dang, that was, that was good, <laughs> right? So... Fast forward, you know, we ended up winning that whole tournament. And a couple of weeks later, I had went to get the kids shooting shirts. Okay. And I had a friend of mine who does shooting shirts. And I was telling him the story of, you know, the weekend and stuff like that. He was like, man, I always see you wearing Nike. Right. You should be wearing Tresher Grind. So I was like, yeah, you know, some of my parents, they asked me to make shirts, blah, blah, blah. But I'm just, it's not really my thing. I just want to train, you yeah. know, whatever. I'm just, not, I have no clear picture of how this is going to work out yeah right so um sports heaven brand that's that's the people who do have who have done majority of my shirts okay um this guy his name is joey butler so he's like i'm like joey just put something together for me mm -hmm. and he's you know like family to me so i'm like i trust him i'm like just put something together so he sends me a picture of what he comes up with and i'm like blown away i'm like that's dope yeah so me i start texting the picture out right. to parents. Right. And then come to find out I can get it in any which color way, you know, black and white, white and pink, right. pink and red, like any yeah. color, right? Yeah. So my first order is like 50 shirts. Mm. So then now I'm just doing t-shirts. And I'm like, wow. So now it starts to, the brand itself starts to just kind of take off. Bro, yeah. Because now I have a kid that goes to the AAU tournament and somebody's noticing like, man, that's Tresh Grind. Oh, they're at another, yeah. they're, they're not even working out with me. They're at another workout. They're at their school or something and they're wearing it. Right. And then to the point to now, everybody's like, if I introduce myself and I'm like, yeah, I'm Jake Evan. Yeah. But if I say like, yeah, like, you know, Tresh Grind, people be like, oh, that's you. Yeah. So it's, it's very, um, it's humbling for something that came out of, you know, just 
pure yeah. authenticity yeah. Of, of giving myself to these kids right um has just taken off to to what it is now yeah but the the simple meaning behind it and i tell people all the time we live in a day and age of comparison right mm. so when i i i just said this yesterday um when i was i, I received an award yesterday at a black history um program yeah and I told the people when I spoke, I was like, you know, in this day and age, everybody wants to compare. Right. So, you know, you can compare your talks with Tay to somebody else's podcast that they've been yeah. doing it for 10 years and right. be like, man, I'm not. You right. know what I mean? Instead right. of just laying your foundation and doing what you're supposed to do every single day. So yeah. when I think of Treasure Ground, I always tell people, I'm like, just run your race with blinders on. Mm-hmm. Like, it's, it's really that simple. Like, understand that whatever... You desire, you can have, but you got to be willing to do what's necessary. Right. And it doesn't have to look like what this person's journey look like. Right. Now, if it's a successful blueprint and you can follow it, absolutely. But understand that the bumps in the road they might have had, you may not have. Or you may have more. Yours may be different. Like, there's X amount of people in the NBA. All of them had different routes. Yeah. There's... X amount of millionaires and billionaires, they all had different routes. Yeah. Now, successful people have things in common, mm-hmm. but this is all different things and all different avenues to get to the same the same destination, the same goal. 